Enrico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast, where a couple of friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, how are you doing today? Doing quite well. Thank you for asking. I literally haven't seen you in like forever. <laughs> yes, it's been a while. It's, it's been, been a, a while. And, how are you? What are you doing? Uh, working, working, working. in, and, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so when it comes to work, something that I'm going to be doing the next month, starting next week, uh, we pretty much have forced overtime. Oh. Yeah, so so I'm going to be doing forced overtime, which means I have to go into work earlier because I can't do it afterwards. We close and I'm a closer. Mm -hmm. So I have to go into work earlier uh, pretty much every day. That I'm working unless I want to sacrifice my days off, which I will not. So uh, basically even less time on the days that I have that I'm working. Um, So that's going to be interesting. And I say that in the best way possible. But on (laughs) the flip side, I will have a few days off coming up here this upcoming weekend. Easter weekend's about, you know, right around the corner. So that'll be my time off plus i since i am a cast member with the walt disney world (laughs) corporation i now can go ahead of time and check out the new guardians of the galaxy ride that's coming out and i already will be trying that out on monday so it's uh pretty far in advance because that ride opens I think Memorial Day weekend, pretty much. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we are getting a very early look at it. But outside of that, I think the next time that we'll actually see each other in person will be this upcoming weekend. So, yeah, because we're celebrating your birthday. Yay. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I My birthday is on the 20th. So just a week and a half, depending on when you're listening to this. If you oh, if you listen when it drops, it'll be like just over a week. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. It's going to yeah. be some it's good It's going to be a lot of fun. Get sure. together and uh, have a good meal and celebrate. So, yeah. Yes. Can't wait. How about you, Jessica? What's going on on your end? I've been watching so much K-drama. It's not even funny. I am trying to stay, keep my head above water for all of the podcast reviews for Debak K Rambles, which is our spinoff podcast, I'm like struggling. I have people booked <laughs> to come on the podcast and like I'm trying. They're like, that's all they have to do, right, is watch the show. Yeah. And then I have to watch that show plus like all these other shows that are All like the coming. other shows. Oh, man. So. Yeah, this is. Uh, if I'm not watching a movie, I'm watching K drama. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, just. If you want to support us, we already mentioned it, but patreon.com slash always critic pod. You can help support not only this show, but our spinoff show, K Rambles, Daybot K Rambles podcast. No, yeah. wait. <laughs> yes, I got it right. Uh, I know what I'm talking about. So uh, <laughs> what we're going to do today is yeah. we are going to review a movie. I'm actually pretty excited about this movie. But before we talk about it, uh, it is it. Uh, can't even say it. If it is your first time listening, go ahead and subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you like us, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars goes a long way for us. 
Come and check us out on social media to stay up to date on our latest episodes and reviews. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at AlwaysCriticPod. And like Rico said, if you're a fan and you want to support what we're doing here, please become a patron. It is such a great way for you to just insert yourself and get extra content at the same time. You can check out the page on Patreon.com slash AlwaysCriticPod. And today we are going to talk about the new A24 movie. And that movie is everything, everywhere, all at once. So, Jessica, why don't you tell us, what is this movie about? The IMDb synopsis reads, An aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes connecting with the lives she could have led. Yes, this is an exciting premise. I think this is a trailer that you and I saw, and we both got pretty excited when we saw this trailer. I was upset because I thought this movie was going to come out earlier and it was in limited release Yes, in only a couple of markets. And I was pissed because it's like there, you know what I'm saying? It's out there. It's out there. It's ready. People are watching it and people are already raving about it. And I was like, I want to watch this movie like through clenched teeth. I was just seething because I wanted to watch this movie. I was excited. Movie studios, please just let us watch your movies. That's that's all we want to do. We want to watch your movies. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, speaking of this movie, this movie was directed by Daniels. That is a duo named Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Uh, They are the directors of Swiss Army Man, which was starring Daniel Radcliffe and Paul Dano uh, from a few years back. They also wrote the movie as well. And the movie has a very good cast starring the incomparable Michelle Yeoh. We have Stephanie, I believe it's, is it Sue? Um, I think it's Shu. Shu. It's think... H-S-U. Yes. So that's why I wanted to double check. Um, Kehu Kwan. Uh, I Jamie... think it's Hui Kwan. Hui Kwan. That's how yeah. you would pronounce it? Well, I heard him say it. Oh, he said it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Then we <laughs> will definitely take that. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and James Hong. Now, this movie. Did you know who that is, Waymond? Yes, I did. So for those who maybe do not recognize the name, um, do you mind saying okay, it one we, more time? Quan. There we go. Thank you so much. Because <laughs> and I if didn't... I'm butchering it, I do apologize. But yes, yeah. He who is he? He is uh, from two movies that most people were recognize him by, but these are eighties movies. Uh. First one would be The Goonies. Yes, he's Data. He's Data from The Goonies. And then if you know of a little franchise called Indiana Jones uh, and the Temple of Doom, he is short round. Yeah. So uh, this is actually kind of big for him because he kind of left acting for a long time. It's his grand return to acting. He was working behind the scenes doing other um, jobs in in Hollywood and he said that he didn't think about going into acting again until he saw crazy rich Asians and how that impacted the industry and how big it was for Asian representation and how it opened up a whole new world for him in terms of what roles would be available at this time. And it got him excited to, to start acting again and look at the job that he picked up. Like as soon as he started auditioning again. Exactly. Now, 
For those who maybe are unaware, this movie has gotten a lot of buzz. Jessica mentioned it when it was in limited release, and it shows in the in the actual critic score and audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, 97% from critics, 94% from audiences. So people are really enjoying this movie. The critics' consensus reads as follows, led by an outstanding Michelle Yeoh, Everything, everywhere, all at once lives up to its title with an expertly calibrated assault on the senses. Boy, are they right with Mm -hmm. that there. Uh, The movie has made so far $8.4 million domestically. Uh, Most of that has come this weekend, this uh, weekend that it opened up because it made uh, just over $6 million in wide release now that it's being able to be seen by most audiences. And so with that said, Jessica, what mm-hmm. did you think about Everything Everywhere All at Once? I really enjoyed this movie. I was afraid at some point during watching the movie that it would break my brain because I am not well-versed in multiverse lingo and logic, right? I don't really care that much, but I was using all of my brain power to like get through this movie and give it the respect that it deserves because it felt very well written and it felt like it had so much heart. And of course, this cast was amazing and they were acting their asses off. I came away feeling like the movie had so much more depth than they advertised because people are coming in to see like this wild, wild west movie of uh, multiverse nonsense with like all of these different universes colliding in some way, shape or form. And I like, I almost cried at the end of the movie. Like it was very emotional. It's suddenly kind of not only are, is it drawing, it, is it like making connections within the movie of its own, in the multiverse, but it's making connections in very meaningful ways that, draw to larger themes and topics that like again you have no idea are coming yeah the movie almost got me a couple times emotionally uh just with how well not only they told the story but how the some of the themes or some of the story ideas kind of work their way into you yeah Uh, because i think the without really spoiling anything the movie kind of builds its premise on setting it up almost like an action movie in a way, like mm-hmm. a fantasy movie through most of its runtime. But then when it hits that third act and it starts blending in not only the story that it's telling, but what it's trying to get across, that is where it really mm-hmm. establishes itself as a deep story that it's telling. Mm-hmm. It's not just... Yeah all fun and games of, you know, hopping from multiverses and, you know, all these action scenes that are in some of the trailers as well. But it's just an emotional, there's a heart to the movie. Yeah. That, and the that's messaging what I love. Kind of, yeah, the messaging took me by surprise. And obviously I'm drawing comparisons and in, I'm thinking that they're taking major inspiration from The Matrix, from Terminator, mm-hmm. and these sort of, past meets future meets present and multiverse options kind of deal. This movie was went way beyond that and it made it very um, kind of like a human story. Yes. 
it versus does these larger it. sci-fi topics and themes. Right. It's a good blending of the two. It's it's a blending of all those science fiction material plot mechanics melding and weaving themselves in between an emotional grounded story mm-hmm. about a mother, a wife, right. a daughter. Right. And it's it, it was incredible to see how that story plays out all the way through the end. Right. I, I I didn't think it was gonna go there. Me neither. And Me neither. Yeah, I wasn't prepared for it. I thought it was just gonna be some crazy action, but yeah, the fact that they gave us something that could really resonate mm-hmm. with you, and it, especially, um, uh, what's it called? Um, Weiman Wang, that yeah. character, like he's so pivotal. Oh yeah, especially in that third act that you're just really. Just tying yourself to the movie mm. and what is happening and what is trying to be, you know, put across, not just by one character, the daughter, but also him as well. And how Michelle Yo fits in between yeah. these two different ideas and themes. Mm. It's about family. It's about belonging. And it's about finding your purpose and living up to your potential. These are really big themes that they made very small at the end of the movie. If you know, if you understand what I mean, like instead of these like amorphous ideas, it really zeroed in on them at the, in the final act. And it made you like, it hit me like a ton of bricks at the end of the movie. And I, Again, I was going in expecting like Matrix, Terminator. You could see like the thread of those movies kind of running through the beginning of the of this movie and in this in the middle of it where you can you think that it's going to head in the same direction where it's going to be like plot gymnastics, paradoxes, like intentional confusion and just all of these uh, all of these things mashed together. But instead, it kind of backs off that in the third act and really goes into relationships right it that's the bigger thing that they're selling mm-hmm. in yeah. this movie so it isn't much it isn't necessarily about saving the world as much as as it is discovering what it means to be a part of it ah i like that i like that as a as a phrase um so besides talking about some of the themes which we can dive a little bit more in spoilers but I, I did want to point out that I really enjoyed the visuals of the movie. I think there's yeah. a lot of uh, different things. I think the the sci-fi and the special effects are very good. It's not something that you come to expect from an A24 movie most of the time. Because True. most of the time, A24 movies uh, are considered a little more of a lesser budget uh, compared to giant studios. But this movie has the grandness of a major blockbuster yeah it does feel like one Mm -hmm. which i very much appreciated i love the stunt choreography that we get throughout the movie Mm -hmm. i think that it is just fun propulsive really gets you amped up as you're watching it it feels Uh, like classic hong kong and um southeast asian films which we still, I don't think, have reached a level of like martial arts and action and stunt choreo that they have, period. <laughs> You're correct about that. Also, this movie definitely feels like it's coming closer to that. And having Michelle Yeoh 
be your heroine is like tremendous. She's an icon. So like she knows what she's doing. Right. She definitely knows what she's doing. She's, she's trained been in plenty of action movies herself. And that just mm-hmm. she plays you know, with the big boys. She does like she has been part of the Bond franchise. She has been uh, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe like she has been in major franchises, but she's also been in big movies herself uh, throughout her entire career. So it's no we you and I, I don't think we can say we ever doubted her at all. But it's no. great to see her being showcased as the lead, as very importantly, not only Asian representation, because that's important by itself, but also a woman, mm-hmm. a middle-aged or older woman mm-hmm. who is in the spotlight. I think that is grand and marvelous. It. It allows them to tell specific stories about people of certain age that we don't get all the time mm. in Hollywood. Uh, because usually those roles of like the older action star are reserved for like all these 50 and 60 year old men. Like, Tom Cruise. Take, Tom Cruise, <laughs> Liam Neeson, like has made his last mm-hmm. 15 years. That is his identity trait is january action movies (laughs) you know being an old man but somehow he he gets the job done uh so it's great to see that as representation and i would love to see more because i know there are plenty of stories that can be told about all different types of people what regardless of age and regardless of their race or anything Mm -hmm. that you can tell them and people will appreciate the stories they'll love the stories i was sitting in the theater that was almost packed at mm-hmm. two forty on a Monday for this movie. So people will come wow. to see it. People I went on a Thursday night for reference and it was packed as well. Yeah. So the movie's getting word, great buzz. We I it does sound like we both recommend this movie. Yeah, so, I, I would recommend it. But again, like you said, there's uh, a nice thing. To representation where you have not only Asian American or sorry, just Asian representation, period, but you also have an immigrant story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, we do. And you also have Michelle Yeoh, who I think more often than not, she looks very elegant and beautiful in her movies. In this movie, she's way messier and less elegant and she looks more her age. They backed off putting like a full face of makeup on her. And even when she was talking about it, she like looked at herself after like the sitting in the makeup chair and she was like, oh, <laughs> she kind of <laughs> was surprised by how she looked. And I think that's important, too, to show that not everyone looks like red carpet ready. Yeah. That's right. I feel like that's another element of representation where people look their age or, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. Not everyone has a group of stylists and makeup artists around them Mm -hmm. to, you know, make them look the way they look in movies. Yeah. And so being able to see something like that, something toned down Mm -hmm. to make it feel more everyday and and authentic. Exactly is something to appreciate as well. So I I definitely want to give a shout out to the Daniels for creating such an interesting movie, a complex movie, because yes. if you're not paying attention, like if you kind of daze off a bit, don't really track the movie with your mind, you can get lost. But if you're paying attention, it <laughs> rewards you. 
Yes. Yeah. It if does. you're paying attention, it does reward you. And so I want to give them all the props for writing this movie, directing this movie. And um, there's a bunch of other things we could talk about, but I think we should jump into spoilers for all the yeah, rest of that talk. So before we do, though, what did you give as a letter grade to everything, everywhere, all at once? A minus. I'll give it A minus. A minus. I am sitting at an A. So we're very close. I think this is um, so far for the year 2022, at least, um, kind of the leader in the clubhouse in terms yeah. of movies that I've seen so far this year. So we highly recommend it. And we're going to be talking spoilers for everything, everywhere, all at once right after this. The greatest trick. Houston, we have a problem. I am the father. I see dead people. The devil ever pulled. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Was convincing the world. You can't handle the truth. He didn't exist. Oh, what's in the box? All right, let's go ahead and talk spoilers for everything, everywhere, all at once. This movie is split up into three parts. Uh, I yeah. I thought of you when I saw this because I know <laughs> because you're not I don't big like, on chapters. I don't like chapters. I don't like parts in movies, volumes, call it whatever you want. I think it's the most pretentious thing they've ever done in a movie. But in this case, they split it up and it was everything and then everywhere and then all at once. Yes. So which the movie is tied up. directly into the title of the movie. I did not find it necessarily terrible. It, they probably could have done without it and the movie would have been fine. Oh, yeah. No, of course. But, you know, it is but. a creative choice <laughs> to do something like that. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about, I guess, the big thing about the movie is it starts off with this search for Michelle Yeoh's character and almost like a messiah character, pretty much, that yeah, they the need one. to find her. She is the one. <laughs> And it is like Neo. Yeah. Like Neo. Like there's the Matrix inspiration, John Connor and Terminator. Like we we see it all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's her husband, Waymond Wang, from a different universe who is searching for her. (laughs) From the Alphaverse. And he inhabits this universe's Waymond's body. Mm -hmm. uh, So that way he can guide her into how this universe jumping works, how, mm-hmm. what jumping. is happening, what is the risk, what is happening. And the the risk is that there is this being, uh, Jobu. Uh, I, oh, man. It, it's a longer name. It uh, is. We, we can find it I'll in look just it a up. second. But there's this being that's going around destroying and killing the different versions of Evelyn Wang, who is Michelle Yeoh's character. And but Wayman is trying to find the right Evelyn because one of them is the savior. (laughs) Name is is Jobu Tabaki. Jobu Tabaki. So it's it's this being this evil being that they don't know what they you know what it wants, but it's on the hunt for Evelyn. And as the movie goes, we learn that the that you know, that being, that evil being is inside of Evelyn's daughter, Joy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And different versions of Joy is basically hunting her own mother to yeah. 
to destroy her or, or we don't know the reason, but she does get killed or murdered in every universe, according to Wayman. Mm-hmm. And it, it was such a cool aspect because you <laughs> see the visuals. The visuals are really fun and out there, crazy. Like when Joy shows up as the actual Jobu and you see her like transform in an instant into different costumes and different characters. Almost. Well, they're from different universes, right? Exactly. So she's different like versions of herself bouncing back and forth but she's so powerful that Mm -hmm. she can make a police officer's head explode into confetti Mm -hmm. and she can uh take uh, a gun and basically it'll be like a water gun to her like she can basically take the water and then spit it back out everything Um, is matter she said yeah everything is matter made up of matter so so she can can control control anything any item can be whatever she wants I have to pause here because you're talking about the effects, right? I read this amazing article. It was an interview with one of the visual effects artists on this movie. Mm -hmm. There were seven. Seven. Total. Oh, man. Yes. Seven people remotely working to do 600 CG shots. Wow. There was not. I mean, if you look at a Marvel movie, what is it? Hundreds of people Working on visual effects, it was literally seven people. I was shocked because they had a tiny budget. They all knew each other from doing various things together, working for one another, doing music videos because the Daniels started in music videos. They all learned how to do effects while they were learning how to do YouTube videos. So like they've been doing effects for like 10 years and they all said the same thing that they didn't like the rigidity of the larger CG houses like Industrial Light and Magic, for instance, where right. there's a lot of red tape, a lot of bureaucracy, and it's not to mention exorbitantly expensive to hire them to do the effect shots for this movie. So I was like living for this article. I will link it in our show notes for you guys. This interview with one of the visual effects. I think it was the visual effects supervisor, but amazing, interesting how they did it. The pandemic hit right after they finished shooting. So then it was like remote work. How did they do that? And honestly, they basically said that everything was as practical as possible. And then they went in and like, you know, did a few things in post. And of course, one of those things was the bagel. <laughs> ah, the bagel, the bagel. So the the entire story comes to a, a point because all they know is that this character, Jobu, is creating something. They don't know what mm-hmm. it is. They thought it's like some type of black hole or something. And then when she reveals to Evelyn what she's doing, and she said she she took everything that she was feeling and she created a bagel, an everything mm-hmm. bagel. And she puts everything <laughs> on it. And she describes like her sadness, her, her feelings. Uh, I put... You know, sesame, poppy seed, salt, <laughs> and like all these emotions that the character of Joy was feeling through different universes because the it's the relationship between the two of them is what's causing this. It is the mother not understanding the daughter, the daughter 
having a hard time relating with the mother back and mm-hmm. forth between mm-hmm. uh, Evelyn and Joy. And mm-hmm. we see this in the universe that we are exposed to first when Joy is trying to get across that, hey, I want to bring my girlfriend to this uh, party that we're having mm-hmm. and I want to make it known that she's my girlfriend and I you know, I don't want this to be a problem, especially with the grandfather who's played by James Hong. Mm-hmm. And so Evelyn's kind of like hiding is it. like, you know, he's comes from a different generation and you don't we don't want him to have a bad part because he's already medically in a bad place. And so we'll just keep it as they're good friends. You know, that's how Evelyn mm-hmm. introduces uh, the girlfriend to the, her father. It's like, oh, yeah. they're good friends. And mm-hmm. so that that is a thing that Joy resents. It's like, hey. I'm trying to share an important thing in my life, which is the person that I'm in love with. And you're not accepting of it. And you don't want to be accepting of it. And there's real tension there. There's real tension between Mm -hmm. mother and daughter. And I think that speaks to a universal thing. I think there's a lot of people. um, And I say this as like women with, with their own mothers, there could be tension. I've seen it in families where there is just like a generational gap mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. things just do not get across from one side to the other. Right. So it does create either resentment or it creates dysfunction in the family. And that's what we see here. We see a dysfunction, but it gets played out in a fantastical way because now we see <laughs> multiverse jumping versions of both <laughs> characters right. kind of fighting each other. Mm-hmm. As as they're going along and the hunt that we think is happening is that she wants to kill her. She That's what we think or that's what is implied that Joy wants to kill Evelyn because of like their relationship. But then Joy reveals, no, that's not what I want to do at all. Mm-hmm. I want someone else, you, mom, to understand what I'm feeling and mm-hmm. to join me in that feeling and it's all oblivion essentially yeah oblivion it's a dark i found i found this to be basically a a representation of suicide yeah you can definitely get that sense of it where she feels left out alone misunderstood and not essentially part of the family and yes there's this generational gap that's basically a chasm between them And it doesn't get resolved in their universe or any universe. So it's just compounded. And her grief and sadness is enough to make her think, I should just end it. I should just end myself. And you see that as a visual representation in the third act when she wants to just jump into The the bagel. Oh, sorry, the bagel. (laughs) <laughs> she wants to jump into the bagel and it's a dark despair that starts pulling in things mm-hmm. and she wants to jump in it. She wanted her mom to jump in with her mm-hmm. so that way they can both truly understand the depths of despair that Joy is going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I love about the third act is that Evelyn starts to realize that you don't have to fight everything. Mm-hmm. And this comes very important from Wayman who Waymond is the heart of the story. 
sure, early on, he kind of seems like like the fun, a buffoon, a, a fun side character who like is just kind of in the way. And then at the same time, he's very critical because mm-hmm. his alternate versions are guiding Evelyn. Alpha women. You know, alpha <laughs> women. And I don't think it's a coincidence, side note, that he's called Waymond because he's away, the way. Yeah. He's you know showing the way. He's showing the way. And then Joy, again, she has very little Joy throughout the entire movie. So it goes, it's opposite. Her name is opposite of what she she feels. And then Evelyn as well. I feel like it's from Eve. Mm. So she's like the start of everything and the start first of woman of the family and whatever. Yeah. So You can draw stuff from just yeah. their names alone. I know. But okay, keep going with your thoughts. <laughs> so what was really important is that Wayman in that third act. Let me let me backtrack real quick. Wayman is in in the universe that we're introduced to. He's married to Evelyn, but he's not in a in a loving marriage. He he wants love. Mm. He wants to feel love. He doesn't feel it from his wife mm-hmm. because every time he tries to talk to her, she's always putting him off and they can never even have a proper conversation about anything because she's always so busy mm-hmm. running the laundromat that they own trying to figure out the tax situation that they're in which leads to their conversation and interaction with jamie lee curtis's character who is an irs agent uh De- deirdre deirdre <laughs> yeah <laughs> i laughed when i heard the name for the first time i got a hats off to the daniels because that, yeah yeah that right there is great so you see a longing in his character when when this multiverse version is in the body. Mm. You don't see it as much when Alpha Wayman comes in and kind of like is explaining. He's like the exposition mm-hmm. de- device in this movie. He, yeah. he explains what's happening. What's the cause? How Evelyn can tap into the powers by you know, doing abnormal things and that'll kind yeah. of engage He's with the, one of the multiverse. Morpheus? Morpheus? Morpheus. Yes, Morpheus from Morpheus Matrix. Morpheus from Matrix. <laughs> yeah, he is a Morpheus. He mm-hmm. is the one explaining the rules and how to tap into different things. Mm-hmm. And, but what I really love is that there's a breaking point for this universe's Waymond where he breaks down to Evelyn. It's like, I just want there to be love. I want it to be kind. I want, we don't have to fight, you know, you don't have to fight these people who are after you. Mm-hmm. And, you can't know, we, we just see be nice an, to each other. Can't we just be nice to each other? And that opens up her senses <laughs> and her emotions. Yeah. Because she was trying to fight fire with fire. Her reasoning yeah. was, okay, well, if Joy's, uh, Jobu, what's her name? Yeah. Jobu. Jobu Tupaki was created because she basically broke her mind and ascended, right? Like her mind, her mind is fractured and she's extremely violent. Then I need to become like her. Right. Fight, fire, fight or fire. Yeah. When in reality, Wayman's way of approaching it. And he even says this in one of the alternate versions in this where both of them did well, but they were separated. They, they didn't end up together. And he says that, you know, happiness and peace is his fighting style. Mm. It's strategic. 
and he you needs think it's to weakness, know, but it's not. But it's not, and he needs to know when to deploy it. And we get that moment in the third act where Evelyn takes a piece of glass and actually stabs him. And even like that, he is trying to stop her and protect her mm-hmm. from the this gang of multiversal jumpers <laughs> who are trying to go after her to kill her because she's becoming the thing that they were going after with joy. Mm-hmm. She's becoming like Jogo that. Jogo Tabaki. Yeah, she's <laughs> becoming the Jogo Tabaki. 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 And <laughs> I really love the message of mm-hmm. let's be kind, let's love, you know. Do don't just fight because they're coming at you to attack you. Reciprocate with kindness, mm-hmm. reciprocate with love, with affection. And we see that through the different ways where she interacts with all these different combatants. Mm-hmm. What what is ailing them? What is what is hurting them? And what do they need? Mm-hmm. And she helps she get them, them to yeah. She yeah. comforts them. She brings them to that moment. Like there were two where you can tell like they were looking for love, and she put them together, and they ended up married. You know, there's another one who misses his wife. Oh, that that perfume you wear was the same one my wife used to wear, and it takes <laughs> me back. And what does she do? You know, she sprays it, and like it comforts him. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Being able to find what a person needs, you know, that's ailing them, hurting them, and meet it with love and affection, it's it's a beautiful mm-hmm. message. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful yeah. message. Yeah. And also kind of godlike. It is. If the other if Jobu Tabaki is godlike because she knows everything and is omnipotent. Omnipotent or whatever. Then she is the same, but for the opposite reason, because yes. she is loving and caring. Correct. Correct. And I just love that that's where the movie kind of wants you to go. It, it wants yeah. you to it understand. It went in a feel good direction. It did. And the movie has a false ending, definitely, where you think, wait a minute, the movie can't be ending right here. And... I, it caught me by surprise. I was like, no, this this can't be it. And <laughs> I did like, not it, move an inch in I the I didn't seat. move either. I yeah. was just like, no, this movie can't be over because mm-hmm. it, it, it goes into credits and everything. And yeah. you're just like, no, no. And then it pulls away and then mm. you realize you're in the movie star version of That universe Evelyn. where she's a movie star. Exactly. You you realize you're there. Um, but yeah, I love the themes of this movie. It's beautiful. And I love the... Also, the generational trauma, because they show a lot of her and her father. So Michelle Yeoh's or Evelyn's father and her and how she was basically disowned when she married Waymond and moved to America to make a better life and to forge a new path and how that really hurt her, you know? Yeah. And had that that impacts how she relates to her daughter. Yeah, because even though she didn't want to become what her father did to her. Mm-hmm. As cold and kind, kind of unfeeling. She kind of, she she kind kind of, of did. That. Yeah, and in the end, she feels very strongly that she could never be that way. And she says as much. That she's like, yeah. I don't want to be that way. How could, I, how could you do that to me? I could never do that to my daughter. Yeah. And it it does speak to how people think 
amongst generations, mm. what they're willing to accept. Yeah. Um, and how emotional baggage does really play a huge part into how you live your life. Like, mm -hmm. what do you do? How do you treat people mm -hmm. when certain things have happened to you? Do you overcome it or do you become it? You know, and here is a story about someone who became that trauma. Mm -hmm. She became the thing that she didn't want to become, but she became it. But then she overcame it mm -hmm. because she realized what we truly need is love i know this is, is love very is each other she says at one point of all the places i could be i just want to be here with you yes says that to her daughter yeah. to joy uh, and that was that and this was, is impactful because you've seen every single place you could be exactly you've seen and, that this is the worst version of evelyn that's what they said yeah the reason this is her why worst reality <laughs> this is the perfect version of evelyn is because this is the one that couldn't amount to anything mm -hmm. who could be good There's at nowhere everything, to go but, but up <laughs> exactly she could have amounted to something but she amounted to nothing she has all these different passions she never followed so she can be molded into anything mm. really is what the story is and even with all that and she you know she says what she says about i rather if there's anywhere i could be it's here with you to her daughter mm. and this is following after she like basically lays into her daughter like hey you're getting fat and you you got a tattoo even though i told you i hate tattoos i don't like and, tattoos <laughs> and like she's like giving her like this huge spiel as a mother but even like that she was like no but i still want to be with you i cannot let you go i won't way... leave you alone the way you want me to exactly because she kept saying leave me alone let mm -hmm. me go trying to isolate and herself trying to isolate herself because just like you're saying like a symbolism for possibly for suicide mm -hmm. for someone who is who is depressed at the very least yes by the very least and is sinking into that darkness mm -hmm. and here is someone who realizes the darkness that the daughter is going has through has seen it and has seen it literally yes. seen the the <laughs> exactly bagel <laughs> actually seen the bagel of darkness pretty much and she wants to pull her daughter out of it. Mm -hmm. And so she does not want to let her go the way her father let Evelyn go. So powerful. Oh, my God. So powerful. Yeah. Very powerful stuff. Um, let's talk about scenes. What are some of your favorite scenes in this movie? I, I'm pretty sure there's like a quite a few that are just either memorable or I love, that you love. I just I love every moment where... Uh, Alpha Waymond is in there and especially when he fights all of the IRS security guards <laughs> with the fanny pack. <laughs> yes, with the fanny pack. <laughs> that was an excellent scene. I loved every time Jamie Lee Curtis was on screen as well because she played I don't know what that was like what that other universe she was drawing from was but it seemed to be a non-verbal sumo wrestler and it was bizarre and the way she like contorted her face into like this like scowl yeah I don't, I don't know like you could tell like oh no she's not there anymore Deidre's gone <laughs> that's one of my favorite things about like the acting choices that they make during this movie is you can tell when the other version mm -hmm. of that person is yeah. in the body yes very good job and that's by everyone that's by uh 
Mr. Kwan, uh, by Jamie Lee Curtis, by Stephanie, and even Michelle, like you can tell when those characters are not the ones that we were introduced to. And like they switch on a dime. One of my favorite ones is it's towards the end. It's when they're about to get ready for the party. And so then Joy walks in with her girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And then like you see Evelyn's like kind of like ready, like, oh, no, is is this really her? And so then all of a sudden Joy kind of like tilts her head a little bit. Mm, yeah. And the inflection in her voice slightly changes. And you're like, oh, no, this is Jobu now. Yeah. And then, like, you see, like, just that stare down that they have. I love, like, little nuances like that where Mm. you can see an actor, like, really doing something Mm -hmm. different with their character when they're playing multiple characters. Yeah, it was, like, the whole body language, facial expressions, the inflection of their voice and everything. It was was fantastic. I really loved that. I really loved it as well. Uh, There were some funny comedic gags throughout this movie that I thought were What about the hot dog for fingers um, universe? I mean, that that alone is just wild. Wild. (laughs) Basically, it's an entire world. It's an entire multiverse where basically humankind with long fingers that look like hot dogs. You can't do anything with them. out the Neanderthals with our hand size. So that's what Bones came about. Their fingers. <laughs> oh my goodness. So ridiculous. And then like you show the entire world is like that. Apparently Deidre and Evelyn are a couple in that universe. And- yes, they're um and they live together. It's like this whole thing. And it's like they have a very emotional like lovers spat because whenever she inhabits that Evelyn in that hot dog universe. She like wants nothing to do with Deidre and Deidre's very hurt by it. Yeah, Deidre's <laughs> very hurt by it in that universe. Just saying in that hot dog universe is just <laughs> a funny line to say. And yeah, so I really enjoyed that. I, I did like basically visiting the Alphaverse. The Alphaverse is basically an apocalyptic I kind of wanted a little more Alphaverse because Would have loved to see like, a little more. I don't know, Mad Maxi a little bit. Yeah, it does. Like it is they are trying to survive. Rather run. It, yeah. It's kind of like, I mean, again, the re- the you know, the reference keeps coming up, but Terminator like Terminator, something yeah. like Terminator Salvation where they're already in the future and mm-hmm. they're kind of fighting off Cyberdyne and and Skynet. They're already living it. Yeah. That is kind of like what we're seeing with the Alphaverse and I really enjoyed it and I wish we would have gotten even more of it. That would have been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the visual of when she would tap into the different universes, mm. whether it's her being like launched backwards, like oh, right. through yeah. like different universes or when she would like tilt her head up and like you would know that, oh, she clicked into something and then the green lights come on on the headsets. Mm-hmm. It's such a lo-fi thing to have like those. <laughs> wireless headsets that are like from like 2002 yeah i i quite liked and disliked at the same time how she had to do random things Mm. that were off the wall in order to link up with another universe yeah and like i i didn't think i'm much of a prude but when she was fighting those two guys off and they had to like go for the butt plug i was like oh no like this is like (laughs) not for me like i was like skip (laughs) yo our audience was dying so was mine 
And and the thing is, like, you kind of realize that has to play a part in some way, shape, or form because when they introduce that, oh yeah, Deidre the is award. the IRS. It's an award, like for <laughs> best IRS agent, pretty much. And they look like butt plugs as awards. So mm-hmm. I'm like, why would they show us this now? And then you realize. Oh, that's how they're going to play it. Yes. That's how it's going to come into play. And oh, that yeah. entire sequence of them fighting with things up their asses. Oh, God. Versus Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. Insane. Uh, yeah. Some of the things are, are were super weird in right. terms of what they had to do to tap into the ult- the ultra verses and all those different verses. And verse uh, jump. <laughs> yeah. I love... Being able to visit some of those other universes, but one of my favorite gags was when she's trying to describe like what if what's the sensation of like how they're being controlled, mm. and she says Raccoon. Oh my Raccoon-y. god! And then that was the, the best payoff. That was the best payoff because with Harry Shum Jr. in that universe. Yes, yes. So what was great about it is like the daughter and the husband are both. They're like you mean ratatouille and they're like and it sounds exactly like that and then she's like no no it's a raccoon and like the audience as us we're like what is she talking about she's got to be confused and then when we jump to that universe and the universe where she's basically hibachi chef and the other chef is like this amazing chef who can like slice and dice in midair Harry Shu Jr., who slices and dices in midair and like can <laughs> like tap food into people's mouths like in midair. We get him in the kitchen. And there's a raccoon. There's a freaking raccoon under his hat. Yes, controlling him. Controlling him like Ratatouille, but it's raccoony. <laughs> <laughs> Just like such it's, a silly visual. It's silly, but it pays off because you have it's this joke. And then yeah. they like visualize it later on in another they, universe. They really do. Oh man. So I would say that my favorite universe had to do with the universe where she never leaves for America and says no to Waymond. I I was I and wanted she to becomes, talk about it. Yeah. She goes into like a karate martial arts uh one on one school and she becomes an expert at martial arts and then becomes like a Hong Kong movie star. Yep. And they use like clips of her real life. Clips of her real life. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. And then she has this amazing conversation between her and Waymond in that universe where they link up and like they haven't seen each other in like 20 years. So, and he's, that's when he talks about, oh, you think that I'm weak because I fight with kind words and, you know, happiness. I combat things in a positive light and I stick to being more positive. And it was just such a beautiful conversation interspersed with that montage of like what's going on because she's experiencing this in another universe because she's first first jumped into that one. So it's very complex and a very moving conversation between them because he is essentially heartbroken again because she's trying she's like succumbing to that grief and succumbing to that darkness and thinking that nothing matters, it doesn't matter what I do, like, fuck it, and was, like, make, tried to, like, seduce him, and then he was, like, no, I actually do want a relationship with you, and then she was, like, well, no, and that's when he starts into this whole, like, monologue, and it's beautiful. One of my and favorite little lines. you feel his pain, lines. you know, because yeah. you, know, you know that he loves her from all the other universes. 
And all that time in that universe, even though they haven't been together all those years, he, he says still he loves, loves her. her. Yeah. And one of my favorite things that he says is that he says, in another universe, I would love to be with you owning a laundromat and doing mm-hmm. taxes. Mm-hmm. And that moment, I think, is what clicks cried. for her. Yeah. Finally, like realizing this man has loved me regardless of what universe we are in. And it kind of opens her eyes before, you know, after like she stabbed him with like it a It gives glass her perspective. Shard. Yeah, it does. That even though it could be multiple timelines, it could be so many different universes, there is one person who has loved her and wants to be with her and wants to have a loving relationship with her. And mm-hmm. she gets she gets in her own way. She gets in her own way mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. just getting busy with everything else and mm-hmm. not paying attention to what's truly in front of her. What's the most important thing, which is someone to love, someone to care about, someone to cherish different things with. And yeah. so that's what happens with her and her husband. And that's what happens with her and her daughter and with yes. her and her father. Yeah. And at the end of the movie, there is that line from her Tobu, Jobu Tobaki, where she says like, oh, nothing matters. And she's kind of like all Ecclesiastes about it. But really, the the thesis of the movie is that nothing else matters. This, these relationships, these, the you know, you're the love of my life. You're my daughter. I love you unconditionally. These people matter more than everything else more than yes. the failing laundromat more than the freaking taxes that are like terrible it's it's these people you exactly i think that's a very good way of putting about it because you can you can spin that line and one word makes a huge difference when you say that line because you could say nothing matters which is what joy does say mm-hmm. or what evelyn says nothing else matters well, I think she does say nothing matters, but she means nothing yeah. else matters yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as she's like, you she, know, cradling her daughter. The, <laughs> exactly. She turns the definition of the line. Mm-hmm. She she changes it. Man, this movie is really good. I know. Uh, this is a movie that uh, caught me by surprise. I, I remember seeing this trailer very late last year. Mm-hmm. Um, when like right around the time when Spider-Man came out, you yeah. know, like they dropped this trailer and I know you and I kind of got excited for it. It was like, oh, Michelle Yeoh. And, you know, and then at the same time, it was like a 24. Oh, what kind of weird stuff is this going to be? <laughs> and I am so glad that this movie is weird and yeah. is like very experimental with mm. its visuals and with its storytelling. It's not a conventional movie. And mm-hmm. I love that about it. Mm-hmm. I wish more movies would take chances. Yeah. Instead of because there's a lot of movies that you can before even walking in because you and I, I think we have a good enough experience of watching movies so often that we can kind of walk into a movie and before it even starts, we're kind of, we can kind of like lay out the plots and like the beats of the movie. Yeah. And like, OK, so this is going to happen here. This character is going to be here. And and this is how we expect it to end. And, and a lot of times we're kind of right, you know, where we kind of mm-hmm. feel like, OK, we've seen this movie before. It's just, you know, a fresh coat of paint. But this movie is not something you see all the time. And I can understand if mm-hmm. maybe, you know, movie going audiences that are not always watching brand new movies 
maybe might struggle with something like this. Right. Just because it it does the take a, an investment into it. Yeah. Yeah. It takes an investment. You have to be paying attention. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one of those things that kind of bothers me when people say, oh, I didn't understand the movie. To me, that kind of feels like you saying, well, I didn't really pay attention. They didn't dumb it down for me. Mm, ooh. <laughs> so that's Are what we on a movie like. therapy episode? I, I don't want to jump too far into it. But I think when a lot of people say that, I think what people are saying is they didn't make it easy enough for me to casually check in and out with mm. my mind when I'm watching right. it. Right. Right. Because a lot of people, when they're watching a two hour movie, there's moments where you kind of like, you know, your mind goes somewhere else. You zone out and you come back in and you don't really miss much. Maybe it was like an action sequence. So like you're kind of like spectacle on the screen Mm. and you don't miss much story. But with something like this, where they integrate plot mechanics and details and everything into their big action set pieces. It's not something that you can just say, oh, let me turn off my brain for a second. There's like an action moment here. So it kind of bothers me when people say that. It's like, well, if it you couldn't understand the movie, you kind of weren't paying attention. It's a version of laziness. Yeah, it is. So And that's, I don't I don't want to like <laughs> bash these excuses as much as you do. No, because I, I sometimes I just want to watch a mindless movie and shut my brain off and I don't oh, have to pay of attention. Of course. Of course. But I you know, I pick and choose the movie, you know what I'm saying? If you saw the trailer, know the cast, and even if you don't know what the plot is, but you come into it with an open heart and open mind, I feel like you're going to gain something. You're going to like this movie or you're going to find some common ground. It's those people that come in like wanting something that it's not. Right. And that's the thing about like a general movie audience is like they kind of have an expectation of what a movie will be like. You know, Mm -hmm. they kind of look at a trailer or, you know, they kind of see something and it's like, oh, I think I know what this movie's about. And when the movie kind of goes into subverts weird, expectations, that's where people kind of go like, oh, this is not what I expected. And so then it kind of throws them off. Mm-hmm. And so maybe maybe they kind of lose track of what they're supposed to be paying attention to or how they're supposed to be focusing on the movie, you know, you know, mm-hmm. because you spend more time thinking, oh, that was a weird choice or, oh, that was <laughs> like out of nowhere. You spend right. more time doing that instead of like just absorbing. Like I, you can easily lose yourself when you see the hot dog fingers and just right. completely be like, <laughs> what is going on? And, you know, like there are plenty of moments like that. But if if you just keep keep at it, just stay <laughs> in the movie. Not the movie, saying I wasn't like that. <laughs> oh, no, of course. And I'm not talking like you, but I'm just saying in general audiences who have not seen this movie listening to us and maybe want to give the movie a shot. Just keep the focus on the movie. The movie rewards you mm. for, for keeping your focus on the movie. So yeah, that's beautiful just a story. little thing. That's just a little thing from me. Very beautiful story. Highly recommend this movie. And if you've listened this far and you still haven't seen the movie, but you were spoiled, please go see the movie regardless. <laughs> yeah. Movies like this definitely deserve, you know, some attention and, you know, hard-earned dollars because 
when we when we put our backing behind movies like this, more movies like this more get movies made. Like this get made. That's okay. the whole thing, right? Exactly. You tell Hollywood with your money that you like something, you support it. They'll give they'll you make more. more. Exactly. <laughs> a la <Exactly>. Marvel. <laughs> a la Marvel. It's taken so much of our money, and we'll be taking more in a couple of weeks with Doctor Strange. So. Another multiverse. Another multiverse. Probably won't movie. be as good as everything everywhere all at once, though. Probably not, but hey, we're <laughs> gonna have a good time. It it should be fun. So, any other thoughts before we get out of here, Jessica? No, I I just love this movie. It's such a great movie. So, if this was your first time listening, thank you for checking us out. Thank you for listening to us talk about this movie that me and Jessica both love. And if you want to go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, we definitely would not mind if you did that. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. Go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You could give us a five-star review on both of them. goes a long way for us. You can also keep up to date with us on social media at AlwaysCriticPod. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Once again, that's AlwaysCriticPod. And finally... If you're a fan, if you've done everything that I've already said for you to do, consider becoming a patron because it does go a long way for us and it's a great way for you to get involved, show support for the show. You can check out our page on patreon.com slash alwayscriticpod. Also, don't forget that we have a second show. Jessica, let them know about it. We have a spinoff podcast where we review K-dramas, Korean dramas. We have so much fun, and I go wild on the socials on that account. It's at ATC Debak Pod, and the show is ATC Presents Debak K-Ramples. So if you want to follow us over there and support over there, buy us a cup of coffee. We have a coffee website account thing. Please do so. Definitely check us out. So with all that said, that has been our episode. I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica, and this has been the Always the Critic podcast.